Welcome to It's All Relatives Read Aloud Book Club. I'm Carol Matthews Nicoli. And I'm Laura Matthews. Two generations discussing a book we both love about yet another generation of the 1950s. The book is Double Date by Rosamund du Jardin, the first of four in the Penny and Pam series. <laughs> in alternating episodes, we're recording reading a chapter out loud and then discussing it. Uh-huh. It's kind of a toss-up if I say Rosamund's name correctly, isn't it? I, I do believe you have invented many ways of saying her name. I have. I'm, I'm <laughs> different every single time. I think it is. Like we should do like a supercut of just you <laughs> yes. saying her name. <laughs> Chapter bajillion. Do dar jandin. Do dardenarm. I'm just going to acknowledge it at this point. If you stuck with us this long, I'm just going to acknowledge. I don't know what I'm doing. Just reading this thing. And we're on to chapter 19, <laughs> the second to last chapter of this fascinating book called Everything Happens at Once. Now we last left off with Pam and Penny trying to figure out Mike, why Mike isn't talking to, to Pam as much as he was and what's going on with that. And this was the Pam has a problem. And then Pam decided she was going to lay it on thick just to try to get him back. And uh, oh, now yeah. you'll see how that works. Oh, yeah what an impulse okay so chapter 19 everything happens at once hey wait for me mike bradley's voice stopped penny in her tracks at the top of the school steps as he caught up with her a second later she asked did you take me for pam but mike denied this a little pointed edge to his tone i can tell you from pam all right even if i haven't seen much of you lately they moved on down the long stone flight of stairs side by side, a tall girl in a gray wool suit with a tangerine scarf at the throat, a taller boy in brown cords and a tan jacket. What Mike said was true enough. Penny had been avoiding him since the night when Pam announced her intention so frankly. It seemed that every time she saw him around school, Pam was right there beside him, slapping beguilingly up into his face, using all her wiles on him. No wonder Penny had hurried on about her own business since the sight of Pam and Mike together wasn't exactly pleasant to her. What gives, Mike demanded bluntly. Am I poison or something? Of course not, Penny told him. I've uh, been pretty busy working on prom dates and all. Yeah, I know, Mike said. We're all busy with graduation coming up. But could you spare me? He consulted his wristwatch with Mike mock gravity maybe 15 minutes of your valuable time of course i like, I like mike gravity mock gravity yeah Did but like no, well for a second and i liked it i felt like it fit. <laughs> mock gravity okay of course penny said amused at his exaggeratedly business-like manner if i forgot something i was supposed to do for the crier she broke off as mike shook his head you didn't forget anything. This is a personal matter. Look, he laid a detaining hand on her arm. Could we stop in the park for a little while? There's something I want to ask you. It would be something concerning Pam, Penny felt sure. Every instinct within her strained against listening to Mike's confidences. But she couldn't very well refuse, so she let him take her where he wished. This turned out to be a bench near the little lake with birds singing in the tall old trees overhead and a gray squirrel, fat and saucy, 
frisking close to their feet. Penny saw no point in dodging the issue. She said, it looks as if you're all set with Pam again, just as you wanted. Mike's blue gaze was disconcertingly direct on hers. The soft spring breeze ruffled his hair forward and he shoved it back with an impatient hand. Who said anything about Pam? Why, no one, Penny admitted in surprise. But weren't you going to tell me how well your scheme had worked? What scheme? Mike frowned. You mean way back last winter when I tried to rush you and make her jealous? No, Penny said. I mean, just lately, the way you're ignoring her for a while. That's what won her over, Mike. Why, her whole attitude toward you has changed. You're telling me, Mike grinned wryly. But I still don't see why we're discussing Pam. It's us I want to talk about. You, he touched the top of her jacket, and me. But Penny's eyes were so wide with astonishment, the lids felt stretched. I don't understand. For a bright girl, Mike sounded a little uncomfortable. You're not very bright, if you know what I mean. I think you've got a sister concept. <laughs> Sorry. I think you've got a sister complex. Stop thinking about Pam for a minute and concentrate on you. He leaned a little nearer and Penny was acutely aware of his arms stretched along the back of the bench behind her, not touching her, but close. He went on, it's time you and I got a few things straightened out. He stopped then and was silent for so long, Penny was just about to ask what things Mike when he started speaking again in a tone slightly jerky with embarrassment. A guy hates to come right out and admit he's been a big dope, but that's exactly what I have been. A a dope, Penny repeated blankly. D-O-P-E, Mike spelled it out. You know, a, you know of a better way to describe a guy who takes months to figure out which girl he likes best? Oh, I've been, yeah. <laughs> I've been batting my brains for weeks looking for a reasonable way to explain it to you. The thing is, Penny, he groped for words. Well, I was dazzled by Pam. That's all it ever amounted to. But I was so dazzled, I managed to convince myself there was more to it than that. Penny shut her eyes for a minute, trying to get her bearings, trying to believe she was really hearing what she seemed to be hearing. But when Mike went on talking, she opened them again and fixed her rapt, attentive gaze on his face. Mike admitted, I think maybe I got the two of you kind of confused in my mind, as if you were one person with two personalities. Sometimes when I had a date with Pam, it seemed as if something were lacking. The times I enjoyed most when, when we were just staying at home and you'd be around all evening too. Am I making any sense at all, Penny? She nodded, not quite able to speak. And Mike went on haltingly, trying to put into words how the magic Pam held for him had dimmed and how he had finally realized that Penny's friendship was more important than anything between Pam and him. I should have known sooner, Mike apologized. The way we always like to talk and kick ideas around Nights like the one when we got to playing records and had such a swell time. The sleigh ride, Penny remembered, her mouth curving. Yeah, Mike said. You'd think I'd have seen the light, but no, thick-headed, that's me. You're not, Penny denied. You're not a bit. Pam had always dazzled people. She always would. Penny was glad, though, that Mike had got undazzled at last. For weeks, Mike told her, I've been trying to let you know I'd come to my senses. I felt kind of self-conscious about asking you for a real date after taking you for granted for so long. But I didn't date Pam, and I don't intend to. Mike's indifference, Penny realized, had affected Pam exactly as she suspected such treatment would. Only, 
She had been mistaken, wonderfully mistaken, Penny saw now, in thinking that it was merely pretended indifference. It was the real thing. Mike hadn't been fooling. The happiness this knowledge brought must have shone through in her face because Mike's tone dipped a husky note lower as he said, Penny, if you don't stop looking at me like that, I'll... She felt his hand on her shoulder, pulling her close into the circle of his arm. She knew then for sure that she wasn't dreaming, that Mike was actually saying these wonderful, these incredible things to her. His other hand closed over hers, and Penny's fingers felt perfectly at home, curled up there. Mike asked earnestly, do you suppose it'll convince Pam if I invite you to the prom? Because that's what I'm going to do. Will you go with me, Penny? She nodded. I'd love to, Mike. Suddenly, though, she remembered something and exclaimed, golly, I'll have to get my name out of the prom dates file. Relax, Mike chuckled. I took it out. Just happened to notice it and figured I wanted a chance to ask you first. Gee, Penny, his hand tightened on hers. You're swell not to hold it against me for being such a dope. Penny admitted, I've been pretty dopey too. When Pam told me she was going to try to get you back, well, I didn't say a word to stop her. I thought it was what you wanted. Mike shook his head. How wrong can you get? They sat for a long time quietly, not needing words to express the new warm understanding between them. Penny thought it wasn't really so strange that Mike had taken a long while to realize that their friendship was more than it seemed. She hadn't realized it herself. She had been afraid to hope too much. She had been firmly convinced that anyone Pam wanted, Pam could get. She suspected that Pam thought that too. She was in for a rude surprise. How would she take it, Penny wondered. But she was so happy that even the threat of Pam's displeasure couldn't spoil it. Oh, Mike spoke suddenly. There was something else I was going to tell you. Headlines Club has put your name up for prom queen. My name, Penny gasped incredulously. Each club had the privilege of nominating a candidate for the coveted honor. All seniors were eligible to vote, and the outcome was a question of popularity. Besides the queen, her court of six attendants was decided upon by the voting. All the most popular girls in the class were among the nominees, including Pam. Don't sound so flabbergasted, Mike teased. You're pretty darn popular, especially since you dreamed up the prom dates idea. But Penny shook her head. I won't stand a chance, defeatist, Mike accused. I'll vote for you. Then I won't get a complete whitewashing, Penny said. She breathed a small ecstatic sigh. Even if she hadn't a hope of being chosen queen, it was wonderfully flattering to be nominated. Mike walked home with her, and when they got there, they lingered on the front walk, talking and laughing, as Penny had seen Pam and some boy do so many times. In fact, they were still loitering there when Randy Kirkpatrick's convertible drew up at the curb, and Pam called, Hi, you two. She asked Mike then, her tone honeyed, were you looking for me? Nope, Mike said cheerfully as he and Penny moved toward the car, her hand tight in his. Pam's surprised glance went from Mike's and Penny's clasped hands to Mike's face. She looked at Penny then and a slight frown marred the smoothness of her brow beneath the soft dark hair. What's wrong with you two? Right, you mean, Mike corrected. Penny, tell me, Pam commanded. Don't just stand there looking as if something wonderful has happened. They look pixelated to me, Randy chuckled. <laughs> Mike asked me to the prom, Penny smiled up at him. And she's one of the candidates for prom queen, Mike added, smiling down at Penny. He transferred his attention momentarily to Pam. Does that sound wonderful enough to explain the way we look? Penny, how swell. The warmth of Pam's tone 
seemed to fool Randy and Mike completely. Only Penny detected the faintly hollow note in it. I asked Pam to the prom, Randy confided wistfully to the world at large, but she hasn't even told me whether she'd go yet. I said I was practically sure I would, Pam told him quickly. Penny makes up her mind faster, Mike informed Randy, or maybe it's just my irresistible charm. During the raucous laughter that followed, Pam got out of the car. Give you a lift home? Randy asked Mike. Sure, Mike said. He squeezed Penny's fingers in farewell. Be seeing you. The convertible zoomed off and Penny turned to face Pam, but Pam was already, already on her way into the house. Of all the double crosses, she flung over her shoulder. Penny hurried after her. Luckily, mother was busy with a customer and Graham was talking to someone on the phone, so no one delayed the twins. In the privacy of their bedroom, Penny denied hotly, it was not a double cross. I'd like to know what else you'd call it, Pam's eyes were blazing, going after Mike behind my back. I didn't. Penny felt anger to match oh, Pam's rising God. within her. I know. <laughs> Penny felt anger to match Pam's rising within her. To match Pam's rising within her. She had meant to be diplomatic to try to make Pam understand, but if Pam wanted to be stinky about the situation, she could be stinky too. She heard her own voice as though it belonged to some total outsider, saying coolly, it's not as if you owned Mike or any other boy. I guess he has the right to like me best if he wants to. He made up his own mind. Pam's eyes widened in astonishment. Obviously, this was not the attitude she expected in Penny. For a moment, she was speechless, and Penny took advantage of that moment. She said, if you'll just listen and not go blowing your top, I'll tell you what happened. And she proceeded to, and she proceeded to do so. As she talked, she felt her own anger fading. Why should she be angry with Pam? Why should Pam be angry with her? She tried hard to make clear just what her relationship with Mike was, a friendship which had grown gradually to be something more than that, a warm liking equally shared, an understanding and congeniality of interests that had brought them closer and closer together. Finally, Pam asked, and she didn't sound so angry anymore, just indignantly questioning, but if you two were so gone on each other, why didn't you warn me when I told you I was going after him? Why did you just let me go ahead? Penny knew then that it was Pam's pride that had been hurt, nothing deeper, and she was glad. She assured Pam, I didn't know how Mike felt till today. I thought it was just me. Honestly, Pam, I figured he was pretending to ignore you in order to get you interested again. Pam said dryly, that made two of us who were mistaken. Penny nodded. She admitted then, it's the most absolutely wonderful thing that ever happened to me, having Mike like me. And I think of going to the prom with him. She broke off to smile at Pam mistily. You don't really care, do you, with so many other boys to choose from? Suddenly, Pam smiled too. She reached out to give Penny a brief, hard hug. Not really, I guess. It's just that it's kind of startling to have you take a boy away from me. But in a way, I'm glad it happened. You certainly shouldn't lack confidence in yourself after this. They laughed then, both of them, warm, healing laughter. And it seemed, yeah. to Penny, <laughs> it seemed to Penny that the closeness between them was a finer thing for the subtle shifting of values that had taken place. Always before, she had felt that Pam contributed so much more to their relationship than she, Penny, ever could. Maybe some of the resentment she used to feel for Pam's greater popularity had grown out of her sense of inadequacy. But she didn't feel inadequate anymore, and her resentment was nothing but a wry memory. Now, in this moment, Penny felt secure at last in her own triumph as an individual, as an individual. Oh dear. 
And Pam's manner seemed to be touched with a new respect rather than the kindly pity Penny had sometimes sensed in her. Being twins was gonna be even more fun after this. She had a strong suspicion. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. <laughs> That's chapter 19. Please yep. join us for the discussion of chapter 19.